In the world. I am your host, Donato Russo. I hope you enjoy the show today. If this is your first time here and you enjoy the show, please like, share, comment, and subscribe. If the podcast app you're listening on allows you to rate the show, please leave a four star or five star rating. Any rating is greatly appreciated. This is episode 98. We are only two episodes away from the Big 100, which is a very special episode to me, and I hope you guys don't miss it. Journey Updates. Well, we had a one-pound gain this week, so that is now... Two gains in a row. And you know how we do it. It's got to be three gains to be a trend. And we don't make any changes unless we see a trend. So total amount lost for the month of July. Because that was the first weigh-in in July. Would be one pound gain so far. We ended June with 3.8 pound loss. So total loss since January 2019 is 149 pounds. Total pounds remaining to get to milestone 175 is 26 pounds. And the total pounds remaining to get to milestone 200 is 51 pounds. I want to talk a little bit about this today. Last week, I touched a little bit on feeling like my heels were to the back of a cliff or the edge of a cliff. Now at this point, being a hundred, having gained this one pound, I am now where I was talking about last week, I am now falling off the cliff, right? So this does a bunch of stuff to you psychologically. Like, okay, you gave the charm back. I get it. I didn't actually give the charm back to anybody, but it feels that way. If you could understand that. And I'm sure it would feel that way with anybody who received any charm. It doesn't have to be a large one. And it's almost like the milestone charms they give out, it's like a double-edged sword if you think about it sometimes. It's a great thing to achieve these milestones. And they become so valuable to us that, and me- such memorable moments to us that they can easily become a double-edged sword in our life, and especially in a case like this. Now, since hitting the milestone of 150, I've had two gains in a row, totaling a 1.8-pound gain. In the broad scheme of things, This doesn't sound like much. 
to someone who worked for almost two years to get to the 150 milestone, this is a big deal. And that's where these milestones, if we're not careful, could cause as much damage as they do good. It's one thing to achieve them, but to put such value in them that they could cause detriment to the journey. That's another story that, you know, kind of needs to be talked about, right? We can't, if we're not going to put value in the scale result, we can't put as much value in these milestone goals either. Especially if they're not the end result. If there's still more you're chasing, the value of each milestone cannot be as strong as the anxiety I I have felt getting so close to the edge and now losing it. Let's think about it for a minute. Let's be real here. I can't put so much value in the 150 charm or any charm for that matter, especially if it is not the end result I'm going for anyway. Because sometimes the anxiety and stress of going in the wrong direction alone could cause more problems, especially for people who emotionally eat and are, they're challenged by emotionally eating. I am not so challenged anymore by emotional eating. I'm not saying that I don't have moments where I eat emotionally. I'm saying the emotions that trigger eating are far less now than they ever were before. And slowly but surely, the emotions that trigger eating are going. They're not building. Do you understand what I'm saying there? And as long as I keep behaving in the way that I have been doing, I firmly believe that with consistency, like I always talk to you guys about, that eventually emotional eating would be gone for my life. And part of that is an example I gave just was either last week or the week before. All of the stress I've been going in with work and everything else, the last thing I ever thought of was food. I mean, I didn't even think of food at all, to be honest with you. I was just trying to find ways to improve the situation I was in. It was never about distract myself from the situation. How can I fix the situation? We have to learn healthy ways to cope with life's problems. This is the key to creating consistency in our lives and consistency in everything we attempt to do and put an end to emotional eating. Because we have to realize first that the comfort that food temporarily gives us, and I'm not even saying, look, temporarily, it takes me longer to say temporarily than it does for the food to give you comfort. Because that's how short it is. That that length of time it took me to say the word temporarily, when you're done taking the last bite of that food, that's as long as the comfort lasts. Right there. And then you're, too, you're sitting there with two choices. Walk away from the kitchen at that point or look for something else to eat to give you added comfort. That's where we're at. And the important thing to realize with these milestones is that, and I said this a little bit last week too, with every milestone achieved, 
the work does not get easier. The work gets harder. So if the work gets harder, and we're looking at this logically with common sense mentality, we're going to look at this with our, let's all put our common sense glasses on now, okay? If the work gets harder with every milestone achieved, how could the same work that got you the previous milestone work for the new milestone that you're aiming for? Obviously, things have to change, right? If the miles, we just acknowledge the milestone gets harder. So right now I'm chasing 175. 175 is going to be harder than 150. And I acknowledge that. So that means the same things that got me to 150 will be needed in addition to other things to get me to 175. It will not be just the same work, wash, rinse, repeat. Other things need to be added to continue on the journey. That's what it means to hit new levels of fitness and continue chasing goals that you have. And failure to recognize this, failure to realize that the work not only gets harder, but the work has to change is often how we can end up in plateaus. It's very easy. And now when you get to these upper numbers, these rules apply to all the milestones, okay? Let me just say it like that because not everybody in the world needs to lose 150 pounds. Not everybody in the world needs to lose 200 pounds. So the, but these same psychological effects happen to you no matter what milestone you are chasing, no matter how much weight you need to lose to get to your goal. The same psychological aspects of this journey apply to you. And so it's very easy when you hit this plateau because really it's your failure to realize that the work got harder and you have to make a change. A sacrifice needs to be made or a a severe change in the way you do things needs to be changed to alter everything and continue the course. Okay, so now you're in this area of plateau and you keep fighting and you keep fighting and you keep fighting and you know you got a lot more weight to lose. So in my case, I got 50 more pounds to lose and I'm, and I'm just applying the same theories that got me to 150 and I think it should also get me to 175. I failed to realize that the work got harder and I'm not changing anything. So the plateau hits... And I just start telling the world I'm in a plateau. Not only is it dangerous to think you're in a plateau, but then to acknowledge it by speaking it, by to put it out there in the universe, I'm in a plateau. It's only guaranteeing that you become in a plateau. Let's really get psychological here. You'll have, if you, he who says he can't and he who says he can are both usually right. So if those are, if that is the theology, then what you say about yourself and about your journey is what will come to pass. And if you tell people you're in a plateau, you will remain there until you stop telling people you are in a plateau. Do you follow me? Are you with me still? Or have I lost you? 
And if you tell people long enough that you're in a plateau, what can happen? What is the dangerous, the most dangerous thing that can happen? The most dangerous thing that can happen is satisfaction. Well, I made it this far. Maybe this is all I'm supposed to get. Well, I may, listen, the work I did is great. That acceptance of being satisfied with your current situation is probably more dangerous than not realizing you need to make a change, make a sacrifice, work harder to get to the next level. The acceptance of mediocrity when you know you can do better. The acceptance of satisfaction and the mediocre life when you know you are capable of so much more. And so much more is in store for you. But rather than accept the fact that you may just have to make some sacrifice and part ways with things that you think you love. I touched on this last week. If what stood between you and your next milestone or your final goal was your love for cookies, are the cookies really worth it? If what stood between you and your final goal was a cheeseburger... Is the cheeseburger really worth it? I'm not telling you never to eat a cheeseburger again. I'm not telling you never eat a cookie again. I'm telling you, however often you eat them now, it has to be less. For some of you, it has to be much less. And for others, not as much less. I'm saying a sacrifice needs to be made. I thoroughly believe every milestone requires some sort of sacrifice. And your willingness to make that sacrifice is what separates you from that milestone. I still haven't figured out what my sacrifice is. I have been reflecting over and over and over again since hitting the 150 milestone. And I've been dealing with the anxiety of going backwards again after hitting a milestone. But sometimes when you're paying attention and you have your eyes and ears open, sometimes the journey provides the next step without you even trying. We're going to talk about that after the break. Don't go anywhere. Hello, I'm Donato Russo, and I am the Ranting Weight Watcher. I wrote an affirmation. It's called the Ranter's Creed. I dedicate that affirmation to all of you who are watching. Nothing can stand in your way. 
because you are an unstoppable force. Your challenges crumble in your presence because you are so strong. Your insecurities no longer have power over your life because you are so confident. Your mistakes are your choices and you are okay with this because you are so intelligent. The mirror and the scale no longer haunt you because you are so beautiful. You can face any circumstance with unwavering support because you are so loved. The demons of your past can no longer torment you because you love yourself. All things are possible as long as you believe because God is on your side. You will achieve all of your goals, not if, but when, because you have no boundaries. You are the champion of your story because you do whatever it takes to win. No one can take what you've done away from you because you are the author and the hero of your story. Arise, champion. The victory is yours. Because you are enough. And now it's time for random facts you didn't know you needed to know with the Ranting Weight Watcher. Today's random fact comes from our listener, Allison. The first computer was invented in the 1940s. These days, supercomputers are everywhere, and they really don't need much space at all. Have an Xbox One posted in your living room? That's that's a supercomputer. A laptop slash tablet hybrid in your bag? That's a supercomputer too. And don't even get us started on the thing in your pocket. But when supercomputers first came around, they needed much, much more space. Just take a look at the world's first one. The electronic numerical integrator and computer, the ENIAC. Originally built in the University of Pennsylvania School of Engineering in 1946, the ENIAC weighed 60,000 pounds and took up a room larger than most studio apartments of 1,500 square feet. Shortly after construction, the ENIAC was sent off to the military where it was used to calculate ballistic trajectory trajectories with the frightening accuracy. Today, computer experts at Penn Credit ENIAC with heralding in the dawn of information age. Well, that's the end of it. That was a little bit rough. 
that was not as good as last week, but last week was only like two sentences. For those of you who don't understand why I read this random fact, I am trying to defeat a fear of mine of reading aloud. So I decided to do that by making it part of my show. If you would like to send any random fact to the show for me to read out loud so we can gauge how if I'm getting better at it, just send an email to therantingweightwatcher at gmail.com and we will read it on the air and it will be unedited and it will just go as I read it. And I'm going to have good days and I'm going to have bad days and we will go with whatever it is. I will not edit it. It will be my raw footage each time. Now, let's get back to the show. And we are back. Thanks for sticking with me. So before I get back into topic, I have two things I want to share with you briefly. We are two episodes away from episode 100. Now, I had the honor to share airspace with seven individuals whose stories are so incredibly inspiring whose stories will get anybody back to work that feels like they are at their wit's end with this journey. Their stories will light the fire under you that you think you're missing right now. If there's one episode you should not miss, it is the 100th episode. And it's not even just because the total combined weight loss of the eight individuals on that episode is 1,135 pounds. Because you know what? That is just the icing on the cake. The stories that these individuals told, inspiring isn't a good enough word. And I don't know that there is a good enough word to talk about how amazing the people I share this episode with are. I will never forget this episode. And you should not miss it. Episode 100, two weeks away. The other thing I want to talk about is the phone lines are open again. The second anniversary of the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast is approaching. And last year, when we hit the first anniversary, I opened a phone line which has a voicemail box. And people called who were inspired. Whether it was to tell us how the show inspired them, to tell us how much they love the show, whatever it is. The phone line is open, and I will play your voicemails on the air for the two-year anniversary like we did last year. Let's keep it going. Let's celebrate two years together. Call up this phone number, 505-652-RANT. 
That's 505-652-7268. Again, 505-652-7268. Give us a call. Leave us a message. I'll play it on the air. Tell us how you feel about the ranting Weight Watcher. And let the world hear what you need to say about this podcast. And now, let me get back into topic here. So I talked, I spent the beginning of the show talking about how risky it is when you hit certain milestones and how they could be a double-edged sword on your journey if you lose, if you end up gaining some weight back and how if you don't realize what you need to do to get to the next level, you could end up on a plateau or you could end up satisfied and living and accepting mediocrity and never getting to your ultimate goal because of your acceptance of that mediocrity. Because of your unwillingness to push beyond your limits. Now, something happened to me this weekend. It is Independence Day weekend that just passed. And we went to the pool on Sunday. Now, this is July 3rd, Sunday. And it had been probably, realistically, over a year since I had been to the pool. I can't think, I can't remember the last time I went to the pool. Okay. So when I got in the pool on Sunday, July 3rd, I got in and started swimming around with my daughter. I noticed right away that it was a lot more difficult to swim. And I was like, wow, why is this so hard? Why am I not moving anywhere? What what the heck happened to me in the time that I was gone? And I thought, you know what, it's been a year. Maybe you just, you know, the muscles aren't there any right now because you haven't been doing it regularly. And that's all I thought about it. I didn't think anything about it. That was it. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. Now, July 4th comes. And we decide to go to the pool again and spend the day there. Now, I don't know if you understand what buoyancy is. Buoyancy is what keeps a boat floating on water. Okay? It is the force of water against the push of gravity. Okay? I don't, that's the quickest way I can explain it to you. If the push on gravity is greater than the force pushing upward of water, then the object will sink. If the force from the water is greater than gravity, the object will float. Simple as that. So I get in the pool on the 4th, and I'm swimming around, enjoying myself, and I decide to go to the deep end of the pool. Now, let me help you understand something. My entire life, 
because of my size. I have never had trouble floating. Never in my life did I ever have any trouble whatsoever floating. I could float. Now, think about yourself in a pool. Think about when the pool is not so deep that you can't touch the ground. You're standing up, okay? Now, picture me in a deep end. I can't touch the ground, but I'm standing as straight as you are, just with nothing underneath me. Now, I used to do this on a regular basis, and from the collarbone up, my head was above water without any effort whatsoever. I'm 44 years old, and this is how that's been my entire life. I could go to the deep end of a pool and literally just stand floating there. I didn't have to lay back and spread my body and all that stuff that other people do to float on the top of the water. I just stood as if my feet were touching the ground. And I floated. From the collarbone up was above water level. On Monday, July 4th, for the first time in my life, I went to the deep end and immediately sank to the bottom. So I started kicking and, you know, doing whatever I need to do to get my head back above the surface. And then I said, oh, well, you know what? Maybe I just, I'm not relaxed enough. Because for me, it was all about just relax your muscles and you would float. So I'm trying all this stuff out of my mind, going out of my mind to relax. And I kept sinking to the bottom. So I said, what the heck is wrong with me? Why can't I swim? And it's like this little voice chimed in. Hello, you lost 150 pounds and maybe your ability to float simply isn't there anymore. And you'll have to figure out a new way. And it hit me. For the first time in my life at 44 years old, I would understand why no one ever wanted to join me in the deep end because they all had to tread water. And I was just standing there. I understood for the first time in my life what treading water actually is. I was sinking to the bottom without, I mean, I was working so hard to keep my head and it was just my lips above the water. And my muscle definition is definitely not good enough to do that. So if anything, if any, if there's anything that could to come from this story, this is probably the weirdest non-scale victory anyone has ever told. Because losing my ability to float is going to be a story I can tell as a victory of weight loss. <laughs> I mean, unless someone could say, no, that's not why you can't float anymore, which I doubt. Because nothing else is different. 
Nothing whatsoever is different. I could literally stand perfectly still in the deep end in seven, eight feet deep water. My feet would be one or two feet above the, 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 the bottom of the pool. And I would just be standing with my collarbone above water without any effort whatsoever. So if you're going to try and tell me that my weight loss has nothing to do with that, you're going to have to do some pretty heavy convincing here. And that, in my mind, is a NSV I probably never will forget for the rest of my life. It is probably the most unique NSV ever told. So it gave me an idea. Because of how much effort it took to keep my head above water, I'm making myself a treading water challenge. That's what I'm going to do. I ordered yesterday a stopwatch, a waterproof stopwatch, because I don't want to sit here and hold my wrist up. I just want to click a button and go, right? I don't want to hold my wrist and mess around with a watch because that messes up the idea of how you're going to you're treading water. When, you're, when you can't use your arms and you have to sit here and touch a watch, you're going to have problems. So I just want a normal, traditional stopwatch that is waterproof that I can just press a button when I'm done. So the first time I do this is going to be to benchmark. How long could I tread water and we're going to set a benchmark? And we're just going to keep going until I don't have the energy and I absolutely have to grab the wall, whatever it is. And then I'm going to set a goal. So whatever that benchmark is, let's say, let, you know, just for make the math easy, we're going to say, let's say I do it for, I tread water for a minute before I'm tired out and I have to grab the wall. My first goal for that, for that benchmark is to do 50% better. And I'll do it, I'll tread water three times a week for four weeks until I reach the 50% better goal. Then once I achieve the 50% better goal, so we're talking about a minute and a half, if that's what the benchmark is, I want to maintain that minute and a half three times a week for four weeks. So once I achieve the minute and a half goal, or the 50% goal, I should call it, I want to maintain the 50% goal three times a week for four weeks at that point. And once I maintain it, we'll go from there. But my first commitment is, number one, create the benchmark. So as soon as I get the stopwatch, we will create the benchmark. The second goal is to aim for 50% better than whatever the benchmark is. And we're going to tread water three times a week for four weeks in order to do that. And this is going to be in addition to the walking I do on weekends. It's going to be in addition to the Leslie Sansone I do at 4 a.m. This is going to be something additional I add to get there. And this is what I'm talking about. This, this thing I noticed in the pool on Sunday and then Monday, figuring out what it was. This was the journey saying, here's your next challenge. You're looking for something to take you to the next level? Here you go. It's low impact and it's measurable. 
We're setting the benchmark. We're setting a goal for 50% better than the benchmark. We're going to work three times a week for four weeks until we hit that goal of 50% better. Once we hit that goal of 50% better, we are going to maintain that goal of 50% better for three times a week for four weeks. And once we get to that, then we're going to set up a new goal. And we're going to keep setting treading water goals until my legs look like God knows what in that water. (laughs) I gained some muscle in those legs like I never knew before. And maybe I'll improve some circulation. Because you know what? I could already see this week, the next week, the next weigh-in may be bad because I got some swelling going on in my right leg. And I don't know because I didn't reach for anything salty over this long 4th of July weekend. Didn't have any barbecues, didn't have any cookouts, but it is what it is. And I see that it is probably almost double, if not double the size of what it normal size is. Sometimes this translates to a huge gain. We'll see what happens. I'm not going to sweat it either way. These, this leg swelling happens from time to time. My lymphedema has been a problem in all 97 episodes of this ranting Weight Watcher. It's always been a variable in my journey. And it pops in and out of my life whenever it feels like it. Look, the successes of your past, they're wonderful. But they're the past. We have plenty more work to do. And wasting time dwelling on the success of the past isn't going to get us to where we're trying to go. The championship isn't won by accepting the second place trophy. So we must keep going. And we must keep fighting. Now, everything I've accomplished is wonderful, but I have much more to accomplish. And maybe this little water treading challenge is going to help me get there. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. But here's one thing I do know. To all of the people who came to the end of their weight loss and there's nothing left to lose... There are plenty more challenges in the world. There are plenty of other things you could be doing. Measurable things. Things that would make you feel as accomplished as losing weight made you feel. So if you're at lifetime today and it just you're just kind of existing and there's not the, the, the fight is not there like it was when you were losing and going after the losses every week. Maybe something like this creates the fire. A challenge to do something maybe you've always wanted to do, but you think you're too old. You think you're, it's, it, it, it's gone. You can't do it anymore because it, it should have happened 10 years ago. Forget all that. Just start trying to do it. And make it measurable. Document it, whatever it takes. Just keep going. There are plenty of other goals you are here to achieve.
lifetime is not the end of your story. I love each and every one of you. God bless you all.